Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, The Score. Upcoming Friday night football matchups and breakdowns from the previous week. Here's what's happening in the Quad Cities high school sports scene. Welcome to your score podcast, Illinois edition for week two, round two of the Illinois football playoffs. We're chatting high school football on a Thursday afternoon with Brian Stocking and Corey Cuffler and Stockpile. You're, you're not at work. We have the day off, so that's be- why. It's I mean, beautiful. we got five days off, uh, five-day weekend this weekend. So they just day. randomly give Davenport schools days yeah. off? Is that what it, what it is, or what? No, um, because it's we... Brian's stocking holiday. No. <laughs> it's Brian's stocking weekend. It should be in ju- June. Uh, no. Um, we have Veterans Day off on Monday. Okay, so why Thursday, Friday, though? Because of the fact that we have four... Uh, we have conferences four times a year. Oh, so it's parent-teacher conference. That makes sense. And since you're just a substitute teacher, and not just substitute, you don't have to deal with conferences. Right, and, okay. we're, and also at the high school level, we get those days off because we do four conferences a year. We have quarterly conferences. Gotcha. But you, don't have, but you don't have to host well, them. Well, we lost right. except, except when I'm like long-term, Stockpile. but we don't have to do Stockpile. it now. Stockpile. We're gotcha. losing all of the Illinois listeners. <laughs> well, they have parent-teacher conferences off this let's weekend, just, too. Let's usually. just point out real fast before we get into a great week of high school football, a five-day weekend would be a great opportunity to hammer out a new coaching contract for Brian Stocking at Davenport. Not going to happen. Yeah. would be a really good idea. They've hey, got other or, issues. Or if you're an Illinois coach match. that's looking for a good offensive or defensive coordinator, I mean, don't, don't call Brian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Guy Derricks, if you're listening. I mean, oh, go bring, back to Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, no, he, he doesn't want me. Bring, he's doing too good of a job. To yeah, he's you doing in. a great job. And they're going to make the playoffs next year. Um, so let's move on and talk about high school football on the Illinois side of the river. And week two, some very interesting matchups as we get ready to go and we're going to start big schools and move our way down so we will start in 6a with rock island um the rock island rock school on the road last week to to dunlap get the job done get a big victory making big plays not just on offense but they played well on defense that we've talked about and they made big plays on defense putting the game away with a blocked punt return for a touch on the highlight oh was fantastic that was, that was fantastic and i talked to uh, some of the assistant coaches and they were like you know when he did it and he blocked it they're like just get down just get down and the next thing you know they're just like ah, touchdown touchdown he just continued he would not be denied the end zone fantastic play and rock Island goes on the road and, and and they had a chip on their shoulder and they got the job done and really impressed with what Ben Hammer's kids did. Yeah, and he heads down to the uh, Peoria area where he's from and he gets a big win. That's awesome. But yeah, if you're that lineman, that's it's a, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. You're not going down. If you can't go down, don't go down. You're going to score that touchdown, and it's absolutely perfect for him to score that touchdown. Uh, yeah, what a great job by Rock Island. All year, people have kind of doubted them. Are they good enough with their defense? Are they good enough discipline-wise? They proved that they are on Saturday, and they're they're now they get a home game. Yeah, It's not going to be an easy home game, though, man. They've got East St. Louis coming to town, who was a 44-0 winner, one of the top teams in the state. So it's not going to be easy. But... 
anything's possible on any given day. And you've been Stackpile, you've been critical of Rock Island as a football program and of Ben Hammer personally throughout no, the entire season. Been, uh, critical <laughs> of him. I'm just kidding. I'm but, kidding. Go on. No, really, honestly, Rock Island's special teams were outstanding. They were very been, special. They've been elite. And they've been that way. They've been an elite special team group. For All the second season. half of the season, yeah, I mean, what it's they been did really good. Heck, the whole season, not just half, yeah, but right. the entire season. But look what they did to Geneseo. Two block, uh, field goals. They blocked the punt uh, against Two Dunlap. kickoff returns for a touchdown against Quincy. Yeah, they've been an elite special teams, and their defense has also been growing as a, as a unit. You know, early on in the season when they were getting just ripped apart by, the, by Moline and UT and Sterling on the ground, you know, you're like going, how's this team going to handle – Later in the season in the playoffs, and they've been outstanding. Their their defense in the second half has been the reason why they're on this win streak, and why they've got a puncher's chance against East St. Louis. East St. Louis, like Corey said, is an outstanding team. They won forty-four to nothing. They probably could have won seventy to nothing. They took they really stepped off the gas in the second half and gave their reserves a chance to play. Their Rockies got their work out for, them, but with the way they've been played at at home. They do have a puncher's chance against East St. Louis. It'll be a great environment at Rock Island because oh, of the way the, 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 it should be a lot of fun, uh, a big time atmosphere against a big time opponent. And like like Stockpile said, it's a it's a tall task with East St. Louis. Yeah, East St. Louis is averaging 300 yards passing, 200 yards rushing, hmm. and 50 points a game. That's that's not easy to stop or overcome. I asked Ben Hammer about them uh, through some text messages. He said they go 10, 11 wide. They spread them out. I mean, so they spread the linemen. They spread sure. everybody out a little bit. Um, they just present a lot of different things that Rock Island probably has not seen this year because they play in the Western Big Six. No fault to the Western Big Six. It's just a different style of football. Yeah. Um, you don't normally see that great passing attack necessarily out of the Big Six. There have been some teams that can throw the ball a little bit, but not to the extent like this. Um, very simple, he said to me. I go, so what's the game plan? I go, you're, you're playing a team that you know is really good. Block and tackle. Play disciplined. He's like, that's all he can do. And he goes, and at the end, of, at the end of the end of the day, if the scoreboard says that we have one more point and we win, then we win. He's, they're not trying to blow anybody out. They're just trying to get through this game, survive in advance. That's what playoffs are about. They can do it if if they play disciplined. But it's it's a tall task. I'm not saying they can't win. They can do it. It's just a tall task. They need to ignore everything this week and just oh, be with inside themselves. Don't listen to this podcast. Don't hear us talking about the 500 yards total offense and all this stuff. Simply, it's a game of football, and, and you got to line up with the guy ne- across from you, and you got to beat them more plays than they beat you. And um, like I said, it should be a fun atmosphere, a 1 o'clock kickoff for Rock Island. Um, yeah, it's a tough task, but it's been a fun season for Rock Island to watch them continue to get better throughout the year. It was a young football team. It is a young football team. I don't want to say it's young anymore. The seniors have been really good, but there's a lot of young players on this team that have continued to develop and get better. I think uh, the Rocks can be excited about Saturday, and they can be excited about the future as well, returning both quarterbacks next year and all the things that they can return and, and the elite speed that they've had. Um, it's been a fun season for them, and they've done a lot of good things. Boy, beating an East St. Louis at home in round two of the playoffs would, would put this year over the top, but it's been a great season so far. What Rocky did against Dunlap, they're going to have to do against East St. Louis. Against, East Saint, against Dunlap, Davion Wilson, 143 yards rushing and a touchdown. Davion Wilson, I think, needs to get over 100 yards. Point two, they held Dunlap to 111 yards rushing. They need to hold East St. Louis to somewhere in that neighborhood of 110 to 125 yards of rushing. Point three, and this is the part they have to How do. How many points do you have? Huh? How many points do you have? 
this is my third okay, and final point. Okay, just making sure. Okay. The problem that Rocky had in that point game. seventeen. No, was <laughs> uh, was the RPO of Jackson Chatterton, their quarterback. He ran for he threw for two hundred forty seven yards, sixty three rushing yards, and three tall touchdowns. The point that Rocky's going to be holding on is they forced three interceptions. They need to force turnovers and control the clock and the ball. They do that. They have that puncher's I, chance. I don't agree with Brian stacking very often. Um, but yeah, defense is going causing turnovers yes. and, and and special teams. If they can get right. a big play on special teams, a kickoff return for a touchdown, uh, a punt block, anything like that would would go a long way. It, it has to be that perfect storm. They got to play really good football. We'll see what happens. Rock Island hosting East St. Louis, one p.m. kick at Rocky Stadium should be a lot of fun come Saturday. In five A, the number one seed is Sterling. They looked the part last week. They were impressive once again. They get the job done as they move on to the to the second round where they'll host another playoff game in Sterling. Um, last week, they get the job done impressive on, on Friday night, um, knocking off, um, what was it, Marion. Chicago, 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 Chicago Heights, Heights Marion, yes. 56-14. to 14. So a workmanlike, impressive effort. This week, it gets no easier. They're at home, and a, and a pretty good St. Rita football team, a, a very good St. Rita football team, comes calling at 1 o'clock in Sterling. They're very good. I think they played one, maybe two teams all year that didn't have a winning record. Um, they play in that Chicago Catholic League up there. They're playing Montini. They're playing. I mean, they're playing a lot of quality teams. Yeah. This, this is a good football team. We mentioned it's a gauntlet. The north. The, the north. This you win, you're thinking, all right, now we get an eight seed or a nine seed. Well, that nine seed or eight seed. I don't even know what seed they were. Is a uh, eight seed. They're an eight seed. It is St. Rita. That, that's perennially a, a team that is known for winning state titles yeah. in the state of Illinois. So this is not an easy game. This is a tough second-round matchup. Um, I'll let Stocking talk a little bit. I've got some notes that I talked to John Schiller about that I'll pull up here in just a okay. second. Go ahead. Steve Susi believes that St. Rita will win this game. Is Steve Susi does he get uh, – He's from Peoria does he get area, paid? Too. Does he, get, does he get paid every time you mention his name in the podcast? No, I don't. No, I don't pay him. <laughs> like, I mean, are you serious? Are you sure? Uh, I, you got. He would send you the bill, probably. All right. Um, I mean, he gets a lot of run. But but he's the he <laughs> says that they're going to win. I don't. I'm not buying that. You still have him winning the state I title. St- I still do. Sterling had seven possessions in the first half Friday night. Scored touchdowns on all seven. That's a very efficient offense. Cooper Willman. I mean, the numbers are just eye popping. In this. He ran for 171 yards and two touchdowns. He carried the ball four times. That's an average yeah. of 42.75 yards a carry. It's not bad. 42 yards a carry. That's unbelievable. Of his four carries, two of them were touchdowns. So half the time he touched the ball, he scored. That's unbelievable. So, I mean, you look at those numbers, they're eye-popping. And then it wasn't just Cooper Willman. Ja'Shawn Howard ran for 69, 69 yards and two touchdowns. Noel Aponte had almost at 67 yards and two touchdowns. This Sterling team is a very good offensive team. If their defense plays well, I think they can beat St. Rita. It will be close. I don't think it's going to be a 56-14 runaway. Oh, no way. But I think it's good. it will be close. But I think Sterling will win. And the last three times they've gotten to the second round, they've gone on to the quarterfinals. Sterling, do- Sterling does it again. We just listen to a lot of the same names. And, and, and no disrespect to them that we listen to every single week. Cuff, the journalist that he is, went inside the the the, the stats and, and because those big dudes up front do a lot of work and Cuff, yeah, give them some love that they all right. They so desperately I, do I said on the instant reacts on Friday night that we needed to find out who these guys are because we talk about how good the line is. We don't know their yeah. names, so I got these from from uh, Coach Schlemmer. Uh, he texted me today. So offensive line, left tackle is Nate Byer. 
Left guard is Adrian Munoz Ripley, and he put dude next to him because he's a big he's <laughs> yeah. a, he's a dude. Uh, center is Adrian Ramirez. Right guard is Ryan Heffelfinger. Uh, right tackle is Micah Kennedy. Cameron Beasley. They kind of rotate. He said, "What? Uh, which one did you do the ch- chest story on?" Uh, Adrian Munoz Ripley. Dude. 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 Yeah. Dude's a smart dude. Smart dude too. <laughs> Don't play him in chess. He's the number one chess player. Uh, on the defensive side. Uh, Munoz Ripley plays defensive end, so does Trayvon Jordan, and he's the one, I believe he's a sophomore, that a lot of people are already looking at him. Uh, Northern Illinois looked at him, and he's expecting a lot of Big Ten schools sure. to come wow. look at him. Um, defensive tackle is uh, Gannon Fiorini, and defensive tackle uh, is a junior, Junior Farnham is what it says. I don't know if that's Junior's his first name. Uh, but also some guys that kind of fill in on the defensive line is Asai Olade, uh, Cade Lyons, Santiago Martinez, they all kind of rotate in. And they've kind of been the catalyst for this team all year. Um, like you, We've talked about their offense and how good their offense is. It's, well, it's because these guys are opening up a hole that you can run a truck through. I mean, when you have a hole that big, and some guys even get to the second level and are hitting the linebackers, I'm sorry, when a 275 guy is hitting a guy who only weighs 195, you're not going to win. And that's what Sterling's been able to do. They need some more of that this week. I also want to give a little shout-out here to uh, Nicole Schlemmer. Apparently, she listens to every one of our podcasts. That's Coach's <laughs> wife. Oh, uh, all right. So, Nicole, if you're listening, hello. Thanks for listening. We appreciate that. Uh, does, does Coach Schlemmer listen? He didn't say if he did. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he does, but it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't just to kind of stay away from the sound. A lot of the coaches we found out do listen. Some and, do. And probably hate us because he of said that. that. He said Nicole listens like right away. Oh, that's she awesome. listens to everything. So, we, so we, 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 we appreciate that. that. Um, also, uh, he said that if you think of St. Rita as Phillips and Montini from the last two years that they played. Ooh, combined? That, that's just kind of what he's likening them to. He, wow. He's comparing them to the, that kind not of team. Combined, but, not combined, just one or the other. But one or the other. But, those, but that, still, that level of That opponent. just shows how good St. Rita is as, as far as what he's thinking. He's just thinking that, and he said, he'll take his kids any day of the week, and I don't blame him. Take your kids because you, your kids have played hard. They've, they've fought hard all year. They, they've earned this right to play this elite team. You're an elite team, too. Go out there, prove it. Make a statement. Why not make a statement, win this game, and then just prove to people, it's like, hey, everybody overlooks Sterling. We may be the number one seed, and we got it got glossed over when we, we got the number one seed. You've earned it. Now go show everybody why you earned it. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a great, a huge day for Sterling. We've become, we've become <clears throat> accustomed to these um, in November with Newman, and Sterling has always been fantastic Saturdays, and it seems like one of them, 1 o'clock, the kickoff for Sterling, I believe 6 o'clock for Newman. So, right. We'll, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll talk about Newman here. And in just a second. this is sort of a golden age for Sterling Athletics because not Did only you is... you golden because of the Golden Warriors? No. Oh, you should have. Well, <laughs> you know, not only is the football team doing outstanding, and they've been doing outstanding, Sterling Volleyball is, again, in the super sectionals. You look at a lot of the other sports that Sterling has, they are at the top of their conference or will be at the top of the Western Big Six. It is a golden, a truly a golden age for Sterling Athletics, and Sterling football is part of that uh, party. And don't forget, the Sterling chess team won state title they, last year because of Munoz Ripley. So. Yeah, I don't want to play him in chess. That's <laughs> obvious. I don't think that I could be the five-year-old in chess, more or less. Be. <laughs> it's because you try to play checkers, right? Is yeah. that, no, actually, this is no joke. Checkmate is not this, good. This is no reason for me to even be talking about this, but a, a, bu- a couple buddies of mine, got we got into chess during high school. Where yeah, and uh, th- I wasn't great at it, but I enjoyed it. It's a yeah, fun game. It's a fun but game. 
Um, I'm too. I'm not patient enough for that kind of game. I want to. I want to attack. So. When they say checkmate, that's not good. No, no I know that. Not at all. Um, move on to four A, and it was a very successful week. Uh, Saturday, last Saturday in in Kiwani. We'll talk about Anwan Weathersfield here in a second. They they hammered their opponent forty, I think fifty two to nothing, and then Kiwani wins fifty to nothing. So I think it's one hundred two to zero yep. for teams from the Kiwani um, from the city of Kiwani. So great Saturday for them. They now move on a tough road test. Kiwani hits the road for Cole City. Cole City hammered their opponent last week like forty nine to donut or something like that. So uh, a very good team. Cole City. We know a lot about the Colers, what they are, what they represent. They've been a, a good football program for quite some time. It'll be a challenge for Kiwani. I was impressed with Kiwani. I got to that game. Wasn't there? Ever, first thing I was impressed about the most was the uh, the courtesy uh, pork uh, chop sandwich that they gave it's me. Fantastic. Which fantastic. Yeah. They, honestly, there's not a better pork chop sandwich. You can go anywhere around, and it's the best is in Kiwani. So first and foremost, thank you for that. But get in there. They ran the football well. Um, their defense was really, really good. Um, sacks and turnovers, and then on special teams, they, they returned a punt for a touchdown. So when you're checking boxes, they look to get on offense, on defense, and on special teams. And Kiwani's been a very good team. I believe they, they finished with a tie for the division championship. No, they finished behind uh, Princeton. 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 They were a game go, behind. Right. Gotcha. Their only they, loss they've was been, to They've Princeton. been good all season, and, and they've been pressed me the, the entire season. They impressed on Saturday, and now they can impress everybody if they can go on the road and knock off the Colers. And this is another one of those teams. You, you talk about teams that have traditions of making long playoff runs. That's Cole City for sure. Uh, this is a team that scores a lot of points offensively, and the defense is just as stingy. They have... Five shutouts this year on defense, uh, including last week's 49 nothing game over Chicago Phoenix. Um, and Phoenix was that three and four team that got into yeah. was that got into the playoffs. No, that was Bronzeville, I think. Well, they're three and five after the after this week. No so. one else knows. So um, correcting him. So anyway, <laughs> um, they're a good team. But yeah, you're right. But but if you can say it again, wow. he was right. Say uh, it loud and say it proud. I right. said he was right. So I wasn't if, sure if he was right. What would that make you? Uh, incorrect. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, but anyway, if they can control the ball, it's going to come down to can Kiwani have ball control, sustain long drives, keep the ball out of the hands of Cole City. If they can do that, I think they win this game. I'm just checking to make sure I was This right is normally the point where you start reading off stats. Well, I'm <laughs> checking because... <laughs> On I, the season... Sh- uh, Chicago-Bronzeville was the team that was 3-5. and five. Phoenix may have been 4-4, four and four, I'm not sure. Well, they finished 3-5 and five okay, on the well, season. Because it's just... It's, there's something that my brain's saying... That, don't listen anyway. to the voices in your head, Brian. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm not... I don't, <laughs> I don't see ghosts like Sam Darnold. But um, <laughs> Kiwani against... Uh, against uh, in their game... Chicago had, Ag Science. Thank you. Uh, I had trouble reading my own writing. Um, they beat him 15 to nothing. They allowed 34 yards of offense, 290 to 34 in total yards. Josh Nimmerk had 26 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Kavion Russell had a great game receiving, and passing, these dudes didn't and rushing. Play, and they didn't play most of the game. Yeah, they, right. They didn't have to. Yeah, they I didn't got, have it to. It was second quarter, and I was leaving at 29 nothing. Eating when, pork shop and smiling. Well, I just <laughs> want to correct one thing. I said they lost to Princeton. That was in the division. They lost crossover games to uh, yeah, Newman I was and standing. Yeah, wise. right. Yes, they lost wise. two in the non-conference, division But Kiwani's last trip to the quarterfinals was in 1999. They have a chance, but they have to play. Uh, they have to play smart football and not turn the ball over against. Uh, the, against Cole City. Cole the City is a very the tough The theme game. for stacking this week is teams have a chance if they score more points than the other team. <laughs> well, that's always <laughs> Usually a they good do. chance. But, <laughs> the, you know, to do I that, know, they, gotta ch- they can't turn the ball over, 
and they haven't turned the ball over that much. And they also have to, I think they have to play ball control and use Kevon Russell as that, almost like, as they say with Taysom Hill with the Saints, sort of that Swiss Army knife where he does like three or four different things. Russell could do three or four different things. They, he has to be do those, and they have to not turn the ball over. Let's move on to th- and game time at 1 o'clock, I believe, out in Cole City. So um, Princeton with a big game as well. They looked fantastic last week. Um, we kind of talked on the podcast that they keep on putting up over 40 points a game, and I guess that like was a challenge to them because they went and put up 61 last Friday night, beating um, North Boone very easily, 61-28. to um, Rondé Worrells is fantastic. He's one of our score standout nominees. I'd tell you guys to go vote for that, but it just closed like an hour ago. So, <laughs> so since people are going to listen to it afterwards, I'll just let you know he won. How yeah. about that? So he is our score standout nominee. So, or not, not, not nominee, but winner. winner. So um, they get another home game, which is great. It was no, a great they environment. They go on the road. They go, they go hall. on the road. They oh, go they go do go to hall. hall. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So um, they are at, at, at Hall and Stockpile. I know you love this rivalry. It's a, it's a, it's a big time matchup in the second round of the playoffs. But these two schools simply don't like each other. This is a rivalry. Yeah, they, this, they've been rivals for a long time. There's a lot of you know, a lot of fans go to this game just, th- this is the game they go to because they've been longtime rivals. And Hall's got a chip on their shoulder because earlier in the season when they played, Princeton pretty much embarrassed them. Not held pretty them, much, they did. 41 nothing. Yeah, 41 nothing held them to three yards of rushing. Wow. I mean, they were, in, Hall was in negative yards for most of the game until very late in the game. And so Hall's, but Hall wants this game as a rematch. Princeton wants to continue on the playoff trail. And you look at what Rondé Worlds did. 255 yards of rushing, five touchdowns against North Boone. Max Taylor had three rushing touchdowns. Hall, on the other hand, very workmanlike against Piatone. They controlled the clock, controlled the ball, lots of running. That's what Hall's going to need to do. Marshall Walk is their top runner. Cole Wozniak is uh, another, uh, one of their other top runners. They need to get the ball in their hands and just ground out first downs and stay out of second and third and longs because that's what happened against Princeton earlier. They got put into second and third and longs. They cannot function like that. They have to stay, keep the ball moving, keep matriculating the ball down the field. You mentioned it, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago or even last week that you know what Princeton's going to do. Rondé Worlds is getting the ball. Yeah. And just because you know it, nobody's been able to stop it. That's the hard thing. So you've got film on what happened the first time. How does Hall correct what happened the first time, make the adjustments to try to make this a closer game? Because 41 nothing, you're a, you've got to be the, a you're, huge underdog going in. You're not an adjustment or two away from winning no, the football you're, game. You're, you're, you, you've got to do some Almost a major, whole new game yeah, plan yeah. type of thing. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. And if you're Princeton, just because you won 41 to nothing doesn't mean you can go in with that same game plan because you have to continue to adapt and get better. I'm excited for this game. I think it's a little bit closer. I still think Princeton might be the one that comes out on top in this one, but I don't think it's a 41 nothing donut game. Here's the interesting part about this game is that for Princeton, one, we, you mentioned the last game they held them to three yards rushing. Everyone will talk about their offense, and it's kind of the same thing with, with a lot of the other teams we talk about, the Anwar Weathersfields and the Sterlings, where the offense is going to get the headlines, but their defense for Princeton is really, really good. And, and to hold a team like Spring Valley Hall to three yards rushing is an impressive thing to do. Um, and then on top of that, we mentioned Rondé Worrells. Everyone knows it's coming, but their, their their quarterback Gibson has had a really good season, and it's not it's not all. I mean, there's some balance there as well, which makes it very important for them. And then finally, my last point is that look at what's on the line for Princeton. They win this football game, 
they go home for a state quarterfinal game. Right. Yeah. In their own house, in their own backyard, would be a huge game for them. Four years ago, five years ago, that happened for them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So a chance to do something very special for Princeton. And in order to do that, their rival is standing in their way. So it should be a great game. One o'clock kick at Spring Valley Hall. Princeton and, and Spring Valley Hall. We'll see what happens there. You make the point about Tyler Gibson. That is a fact that gets overlooked. You know, Everyone sees Rondé Worlds as great numbers, and they are great. I'm not taking anything away from him. But you cannot put nine guys in the box against Princeton because if you do, that is going to let Tyler Gibson drop back, and he's got favorite receiver, Wyatt Davis. They've hooked up all year. Teams have bought into the fantasy. Hey, if we put nine guys in the box and we clamp down Worlds, we're going to beat Princeton. No, you're not because Wyatt Davis is going to get free, and Tyler Gibson is a very good quarterback. He will find him, and he will destroy you through the air. So you gotta pl- you got to play balanced defense, and that allows Worrells and that great offensive line at Princeton to rip open holes. 2015 was the last year that they uh, got to the quarterfinals. He will, this f- he will find you and destroy you. I know, destroy and you. There, this, that could have been like a WWE promo yeah. from Stocking. This is the so what you going to do, brother? <laughs> this is the third time that these two rivals have met in the playoffs. They're one and one in the first, uh, first time. Princeton beat Hall in 13-7 in a 1989 second rounder, and then uh, Hall got them back 21-13 in 1993 second rounder. The Red Devils are 1-6 in, in the second round, in their last seven trips to the second round. Uh, let's move on to 2A. So real quick, Princeton Hall, 1 o'clock, and Spring Valley should be a lot of fun. In 2A, we have three teams still remaining. We'll start with the number one overall seed, and, and Knoxville continued along their winning ways last week with a, an easy victory on Saturday afternoon, winning 66-13, to scoring plenty of offense. Now they are at home once again against Watseka. Sika. Sika. Watseka. Watseka. Um, Boy, I'm not betting against Knoxville right now at all. The Gosh, way they're no. playing football, both offensively and defensively, they're, like they're like an arena league team. Every time you look up, they're scoring 40, 50, 60 points now. Um, really love what Knoxville is doing. They get a home game at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Plus, their defense has been, their defense has been outsta- outstanding. Their defense has really uh, shut down other teams. I think, they've like, I think they allowed like 40-some-odd points in the regular season. And for Knoxville, the last time they won a second-round game was 2004. They can get to the quarterfinals and continue their winning ways. I think they can. Watsika, the last time they won two games in any tournament, 1974. And we've talked about Knoxville and about Princeton and Rondé Worrells, and we know he's going to get the ball. But with Knoxville, it's the same thing. They are a run-dominant team. Line up in the trenches and stop us. That, and those they dudes just kind of dare you to. Those dudes in the trenches deserve all the love, too, because oh, absolutely. their offensive line's been dominant this year, too. Yeah, so, I mean, this is I don't... I don't. I don't see anything but another win out of out of Knoxville Hill, just so because they'll no, have to go on the road most likely. They next would week. have to go on yes. the road next week, probably. Yes. Uh, I don't know how. With the, the exception, no, they they would I'd be at Gibbs, they would have they would be at Gibson City, Melville, Sibley, or they would host Newman. Newman. Okay, so okay. Let's, that's a great segue stockpile. Newman at night, six o'clock start at home against a very familiar foe. And every time I see Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, I, I get cold. Do you, you get flashbacks to yeah, a couple years ago? Yeah, because it was a few years ago. And you know what? Newman, was, was, the, two, yeah. Newman was the better football team that day. Oh, yes. And the, the weather conditions changed absolutely everything, slowed them down. Easton Bianchi wasn't as fast as he, as he normally is in that, in that type of conditions and stuff, and they end up losing a tough game. Gibson City, uh, Melvin Sibley is there each and every year. These are two 
powerhouse programs, elite programs going head to head at night in Sterling. It's a fun. I mean, some somebody, some lucky shooter, some lucky employee at WQAD is going to get to hang out in Sterling, go to one game at one o'clock, go eat at, eat at one of the. There's so many good places to eat up there. Take and, your pick. Yeah, and then go to the game at night. Um, uh, with like it sounds like you might be going that make the trip to Sterling Dazzo. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see um, what happens. <laughs> <laughs> slow, slow down on that, but but yeah, I mean, and, and I wouldn't mind it at all because Newman. That's a, it's a, going to be a fun matchup between these two schools. Yeah, when you look at Gibson City, Melville, Sibley, the last two years, they've been the one that has uh, bumped Newman out of the tournament. Right. So once you know, in the semis, once in the quarters. Yep. So you know that Newman is wanting payback in the worst way. And you look at Newman nine times in their last ten times to the second round, they've won. So they, you know, they, they are a team that constantly gets to those quarter and semifinals. And for Newman, another workmanlike performance. They beat Orion 28 to 13. They outrushed him 237 to 110. Uh, Kai O'Brien had two touchdowns. That defense, though, really dominated the game and also the Newman offensive line dominated in the second half. Newman had 17 minutes and 36 seconds of possession. That is going. They need to have another performance like that, and if they do, I think they can move on finally past GCMS, that monster. I talked to uh, Coach Kretzmer, and he said, uh, this game's going to be one in the trenches, plain and simple. He's like, their offensive line fires off the ball, and they come right at you, so another team that's just going to line it up and smash you and, and run the ball. So, again, they know what they do. Um, he said they're pretty big and athletic, uh, but their quarterback is kind of make is kind of what makes them go. So I'm assuming he's probably like a, a very good option type quarterback is what I get out of that. Um, good running back as well. So I'm looking at maybe if it's a triple option, something like that. I don't know exactly. He didn't go too detailed for me. Um, I still like I still like Newman in this one. I mean. They have proven a lot of people wrong this year, and Coach Kretzmer has done a great job with the Comets, getting them ready to play. And you mentioned, Brian, that they have something to play for. The last two years, their season has been stopped by this uh, GCMS team. So they're trying to hopefully rectify that and get it done this year. I believe the year you went down, Dazzo, they lost at Gibson City. And then last year, I believe, Gibson City came up here and beat them on on their home turf. So it's going to be one heck of a ball game. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring ball game. I think the team who can get to 18 points in this game is going to win it. I like it. Um, GCMS has been sort of the monster that has been devouring our area teams. Yeah, they had Orion, too, didn't they? they? I think they got Orion. I know one year they beat Riverdale. I think that was 2011. I think they got Mirko once. Last week they played Rushville Industry. It was seven nothing second quarter by halftime. It was thirty five nothing. Katie barred the door. Forty. Oh, there nothing. he is. There's Katie. There, the he's only at the, the bar. O- the only loss for GCMS this year was to Monarch Fieldcrest, who's ten and zero. Wow. So, and that was a fourteen to six game. So, a relatively decent game. One other team in two A. We'll talk about Mercer County first off. Congratulations to what Andrew Hofer. Did does with this program a really good season for them. It continues into the second round. They knocked off Chicago Christian last week at home, forty-one to nothing. Up next for them is a trip to uh, where are they going? Clifton Central. Clifton, Clifton Central. Central. There you go. And Clifton Central coming off a big victory last week as well, an impressive victory last week. So uh, a road trip for them. They won sixty-two. To 28. So um, Clifton Central can score points in bunches. It's a long trip for Mercer County. Um, they're going to have to play really good football, but Coach Hofer will have those guys ready. Yeah, he talked about this team. He said they're uh, a dynamic spread offense type of team. 
Um, QB has a pretty good arm, uh, and and will also RPO will run as well. Um, he feels that if they can pressure the quarterback and kind of get him out of his com- out of the out of his comfort zone, they have uh, a good chance to try to force some turnovers. Obviously, and uh, for offensively, they got to turn out some drives, and that all starts with a freshman quarterback who's actually been playing really well. Uh, last week, I, I saw the one play he had. A, he kind of tucked and run for twenty yards. Actually, you know, he's in the end zone. I mean, impressive to see a, a freshman quarterback Matt do Lucas. that. Matt Lucas, thank you. And then, and then Trey Essig is back, yeah. which is a huge, huge thing for them. He had been out, I believe, since week three, so he's back and playing. So that, that's a big shot to them. And then Seth Speaker has been doing a great job anytime, running the ball. Anytime you can get a freshman playing this early in their career and playing in big games like this. The future's bright in Mercer County because that's something that they get to enjoy for the next three years. Also, you look at this battle. This, these two teams are not strangers. They've met, this is their fourth meet in the playoffs since 2010. Clifton Central is 2-1 and one when they play Mercer County. But here's the thing. The week after they play Mercer County and beat them, they're 0-2. So maybe Clifton Central should just save themselves and lose to Mercer County. But um, <laughs> That'd be fine by us. Yeah, right? that'd be fine by us. Um, Mercer County... You know, you, we talk about, you know, we've talked about, you know, all the teams. Mercer County has two kids that will be back next year. Uh, Matt Lucas. Quarterback. And he was 108 yards passing, rushed for a touchdown. And Brayden Williams is a junior. Ran for 176 yards, three touchdowns. All three touchdowns, I believe, were in the first half. These kids will be back next year for Mercer County. So for Mercer County, not only are they getting them more reps, which you can't just get in off-season practice because of – the time constraints. Right, right. So they're getting reps now, and they'll be back next year. So Mercer County, the future is very bright because we talk about Mercer County. They've had, and I'm going to need a little help with this. I think since Merco was formed, uh, started, they've had two quarterbacks that played a lot as freshmen. And I'm trying to remember the names. There was um, Spencer, uh, was one of them, last name Wood. Yes, uh, Spencer Wood. Spencer yes. Wood. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another one a couple uh, right after that. Before that, you mean? Maybe before Tanner, that. Tanner Matlick. Tanner Matlick, yes, yep. thank you. Tanner Matlick was a freshman. Spencer Wood was a freshman. Now Matt Lucas, the third quarterback to start numerous games as a freshman at quarterback for Mercer County. So the one thing, because you always try to compare who they played and whatever on us on a schedule. The one thing, if you look at uh, Clifton Central and Coach Hofer kind of pointed this out, and I'm looking at it now, their schedule this year is a little suspect. They had one, two, three, four, five, six teams that did not make the playoffs that they played this year. That were either four and five or oh, worse. Wow. Yeah. Two of them had three wins. Two of them had one win. So they haven't played very many good teams. But even in, against those teams, they're giving up points. So that defense isn't as great as it probably has been in past years. What they've been doing is outscoring teams to get their wins. So, sure. I mean, they're, they're 10-0, and 0, yeah, but they're having to score 40 points a game because they're giving up 28, 35 points a game. You don't want to do that against Mercer County. Their defense is pretty good. So this, this is a good matchup for Mercer County if, if you look at it on paper. Yeah, they're going on the road. They've got to overcome that part of it. But this, this is a winnable game for Mercer County. And you look at Mercer County, they gave up only seven points to principal, but that was after the first play of the game, they gave up nothing. Then they uh, went and beat Chicago Christian in the first round of the playoffs and gave up no points. So Mercer County's defense has been outstanding the last four or five weeks of the season. That's a 3 o'clock start, I do believe. 3 o'clock starts yes. for yes. Um, 
Clifton for Central. Mercer yeah. Mercer County at Clifton Central. Let's move on to 1A where we have a trio of teams still live in 1A. And, and the number one seed there is Anawan Weathersfield. And they go on the road for a tough matchup against defending state champion, I believe, Forreston, who yes. is 7-2 and two on the season. So uh, we kind of talked about it. I mean, this is kind of this Anawan Weathersfield's out to prove people wrong. Um, there's a lot of doubters around the state. I don't think there's any in this room when it comes to Anawan no, Weathersfield. No. But, um, <laughs> Absolutely but around the state, there's people who doubt them. And, and, and unfortunately, it's, been, it's, it's just the way things have gone is the LTC and even the Three Rivers, to an extent, have been dominating the postseason of late and, and against the um, – um, upstate, Illini, Northwest, East, West, whatever it is. Right. Northwest, Upstate, Illini Conference. That, that, exactly there. <laughs> so, um, and that's that, That's what we're looking at here. Anon Weathersfield has to go on the road. Forston's a good football team. Just two losses on the season. I know one of them was to Freeport-Aquin. I'm not sure who the other one was. Lee Wynn. Against Lee Wynn. So two very good football programs that they've lost to. So Forston's a good football team. Um, and people found that out last week in the first round of the playoffs. And now Anon Weathersfield has to. But with that being said, Anon Weathersfield so explosive on offense and they got the best quarterback in this class in the state. I'm I'm, oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. absolutely he might be the best player period. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely certain of it and um I'll 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 roll with Colton I'll, I'll roll with Stockings boy Colton Quagliano. Oh, absolutely. And 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 can, the Titans all day before long. Before we talk about this matchup, can we just take one quick moment of silence since Forreston did beat Greg Armstrong's Ottawa Marquette Crusaders? Yeah. All right, good enough. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, but no, this is this is another one. Uh, yeah, they're coming from the Northwest Upstate Illini. They're defending champs. They haven't played a whole lot of good teams this year. I mean that that conference notoriously and the, is, and is the ones they played. They lost to right the two good teams that they played that were over five hundred. Well, okay, West Carroll was another one that finished five and five. They made the playoffs, but the rest of them, none of them made the playoffs that they played. Now, I'm not saying they're not a good team. I think they're a good team. This is not an easy road test for uh, Anwan Weathersfield to go up there because Coach Willits, when I talked to him, he said it's hard. It's been hard for them this week to kind of duplicate and replicate what Forreston does offensively with their scout team. That's the hardest part for this week is trying. They, they've watched a lot of extra film. They know what to do, but when you're trying to put it out there on the field and, and play against that defensively, it's been hard. So that, that's going to have to be a quick in-game adjustment for the defense, which has been playing really well. That def- and A lot of those kids play both ways, as does with Forreston. But, man, this is going to be one heck of a game. This is, this is not going to be your shoot 'em up type of game because I think 24 points – Wins, it seems like a lot, but 24 points wins this game. Well, it's not considering the numbers we've been talking about right. in the 50s and 60s and all that kind of stuff. And the way the two teams scored 42 points last week for Forreston and, and 52 for um, Anna and Weathersfield. And so both teams have been scoring scored a lot of points you, last week. Forreston's a run-dominant team. They will just run it at you. So as long as uh, the Titans' defense can step up and not throw 9 and 10 in the box, you got to respect the pass a little bit. But if you can stop their run, they'll win the game. The impressive thing is that Lena Winslow, or uh, they went to Freeport-Aquin, who's a really good football team, and, and they lost by six points. Right. I mean, this is a good I mean, That's and, a good team. But with that being said, Anawan Weathersfield's a, a dynamic football program as well. So let's not get carried away with – there's a lot of people around the state that are, are eager and, and expecting Forrest to win this football game. I'll roll with uh, Coach uh, Willits. Willits and – I did. Coach Willits and the uh, and the uh, um, and the Titans. Go ahead, Sack Powell. Give well, me some. Give me some stats. I'm going to give you a little backstory though. First, all right, all right, Grandpa. Last week on Twitter, uh, there was discussion about when this game should be played. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, go ahead. Wanted to play at one or two, forced, and so we want to play five or six because 
Antoine Weathersfield wanted to play early because they wanted to get their kids home, so they're not driving um, in the in the bad uh, in, in the, could be bad dark, weather right. at, at night. Forreston said no five or six, and the game's at five o'clock. So there might but be it was a little. Left, it was then left up to the IHSA. Whenever yeah. two teams can't decide on a game time, the IHSA, IHSA steps in, and then they they pick the game time since home team wanted it. I'm sure that's why it's at five o'clock. Yeah. So there's probably a little angst there. Maybe, but. But once it, once it starts, they're not yeah, going to be it, worried about yeah. it. It's, it's game on. Forreston last week ran for 372 yards. Dominic Christian ran for 203 yards, three touchdowns. Forreston does not throw the ball hardly at all. They've thrown like 26 passes all year. They don't. So if Anaheim Weathersfield gets a two-possession score, it's over. You know, it's gone. It's game over. Katie's going to be barring the door. <laughs> wow, Katie showed up twice. Ottawa Marquette last week had almost... 31 minutes of possession time against Forston. Okay, now let me let, let me interject something real quick, and that's because Forston is a no huddle offense. Right. They they run the ball, they get three yards, they're right back on the line of scrimmage, and they're running the next play. There's no waiting going to the huddle. They're up tempo despite the fact that they are a run first, run always pretty much type of football team. Go ahead. But that does play to Anawan Weathersfield advantage. As long as they don't they, get tired, yeah, though. But to get 31 minutes of possession time sure. will help them and uh, forced it. Allen Weathersfield won 52 to nothing. They ran for 205 yards. They gained 376 yards total. Colton Quagliano, 171 yards passing, three touchdowns. Another 60-plus yards rushing and a touchdown. But then you look at the other, his other musketeers, if you will. Reese Grip, 97 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Julian Samuels, three catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. That's almost 40 yards of reception. This is a very good Anwan Weathersfield team. Their line will per, uh, give Quagliano time, and I think that they will wear out Forreston, especially if they can get a, a two-possession lead. If they go up 12-0 or 14-0, it's, it's over. That's Katie it, Barrett. and that, that's what Coach Willett said. He wants to make them go sideline to sideline to chase them down to this game. Yeah, I don't know if Forreston can do that. They're a very good football program. Can't talk in the microphone. I, I know. They're a very it's week co- eleven stuff. <laughs> hey, the, mi- the microphone doesn't go to where my mouth is though. So you have to take your mouth too. Well, I don't sit right, right on go, top go, of go, it. Go, go, but anyway, go. I think when you look at it, Forreston is a very good team. Anwan Weathersfield's going to have to come out with its maximum effort. But I think they can do that. I think they will move on to the quarterfinals. If and they can score more points than Forreston, well, obviously, just one more. And I mean, I think Anwan Weathersfield can win state. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They're the number one seed in the in the in the class for a reason. So, uh, and some more games in one A. A Morrison impressive victory last week as well. That defense is is so darn good. The offense pretty good too. They host Hiawatha in round two, a one o'clock game at Morrison. So an intriguing matchup there. But I was really just. Morrison seems to be, and they're what a five seed? Is that right? A four seed. A four seed. A four seed. Yeah. So they're that they're that undefeated team that's kind of flying under the radar. It seems like, and all they do is go out, and all they do is win football games, and they do it in dominating fashion. I was at that game for a quarter on Saturday when they played Ridgewood, and it looked very businesslike out of or out of Mer- out of Morrison. Excuse me. They just lined up. Ridgewood kind of moved the ball. They got a turnover. Next thing you know, uh, Morrison's down, scoring a touchdown. They ensuing kickoff, they get the ball because of bad kick, whatever. 
This is just a team that just is really focused on their job. They don't care who they're playing, who's lined up against them. They have a mindset and an attitude about them where they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder saying, you know what, I don't care who you are. We know how good we are, and we're just going to go prove it. Um, Coach Odding has done a great job with this team. They have so many weapons. Obviously, Riley Wilkins has done a great job. Um, Nate Helms throws the ball pretty well. Um, I can't think of some of the uh, – there was another running Riley back. Riley Wilkins, that, um, Keegan Anderson. Keegan Anderson, there you go. There's another one that I couldn't think of. But Hunter Newman. Hunter Newman scored a couple of touchdowns. That was up 35 nothing early in the second quarter as I was walking out um, on Saturday. Knowing what he knows against Hiawatha, defensively, they run a 4-4 on defense. Offensively, they'll mix up the pass a little bit. Sometimes they'll spread it out, three, three wideouts, one in the backfield, or they'll go two wideouts and two in the backfield. Um, they have a tailback that's right around 1,500 yards for Hiawatha. So, it, again, not an easy game, but a winnable game for Morrison. To be at home again in round two, this is exactly what you want. So you got to go around. If you win, you go on the road in round three. But this is a good game. Again, if, if Morrison can control everything up front, they're going to win this game, and I think they win it pretty easily. Is this a collision course here where Animal Weatherfield and Morrison, are they on yes. a collision course for next week? Yeah, they'd be there. And that would be at Animal Weatherfield. That would be yeah, NW, yeah. Morrison's on the road uh, either way. No matter what. That'd be a lot of fun to, to see, so let's hope that that happens. One more local game. Uh, well, you're almost yeah, Hiawatha last went to the quarterfinals in 1987. Look at the Morrison, okay. but the Morrison went over Ridgewood. I just want to run out a couple of these stats. One of the most dominating performances in the history of the state tournament. (laughs) They had 347 yards of rushing and allowed negative 41 yards of rushing. In the first half, they outrushed Ridgewood 215 to negative 40. They held the Spartans to negative 30 yards in the first half. Now, Grant. They count sacks as rushing yards. Well, yeah, and also... Um, they had a bad snap. That didn't help matters either. But that, still, that's what started it all off. Two nothing was the score early on. But still, I mean, that those totals are just outstanding. Yeah. Morrison's defense, a pick six and a safety off the bad snap. I mean, Riley Wilkins had four rush, had four touchdowns, 122 yards rushing. Hunter Newman, 109 yards rushing, a touchdown. All those were on the ground. They did not throw for a passing yard. So. Morrison galloped their way past Ridgewood. Look what he did. And I made, see that. Yeah. Yep. And the they Mustangs are getting, galloped. Yep. And the Mustangs are getting ready to load up for a trip uh, to either Forreston or Anawan uh, Weathersfield. Yeah, it'll be a, a great, great matchup. Um, we'll see what happens there. One last stop. Uh, Stockton gets the job done. They beat Princeville last week. So they're at home for the second round. It's a tough home, uh, uh, home game, though. They take on Freeport-Aquin, who's one of the best teams in the entire state in 1A. That was an eye-opener for Stockton, or for maybe for a lot of people, including myself. I didn't expect them to go down to uh, Princeville. And, and do what they did. I think was it twenty to nothing at one point. I think yeah, it was I think tw- it was twenty to nothing um, at one point. So yeah, to go down there and get a win like that on the road says something about how good this Stockton Blackhawks team is. But man, you're going to go play a really good football team in Freeport Aquin. Um, and I don't believe they played this year. Is that correct? I don't think they played their no, crossover games at all this year. No, um, twenty to no. seven was the final for Stockton. Yeah, so they were twenty to nothing at one point. They did. They, they have not did. Played they this did year. play this year. Freeport, Aquin, and uh, Stockton played in week two. With You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Freeport four, with Aquin winning that one 40 to 22 yep. at, at home. So the, the, the sheen shifts to Stockton and. You know, it's not. I mean, there was an 18-point game. It's not the. It's not a 41-point game or anything like that. So we'll see what happens there. You can write read stats. Aquin beat Fulton last week, 55 to 38. Will Gustafson, six touchdowns and over and 335 total yards. 
six total touchdowns, and Brandon Carlson was his big receiver with 152 yards of receiving. That was an excellent back-and-forth game. So if uh, I think Aquin's defense has to get better, though, to beat Stock. Quickly, this is rapid fire, so no essay answers, Stockpile. Oh. Which game intrigues you the most, and who will impress? Who, which team will, be t- will we be talking about the most um, come next week? The game that intrigues me the most is the uh, St. Rita game with Sterling. Yeah. That one intrigues me the most, just to see how they match up with one another. I think the team we still are talking about next week the most, Knoxville. Um, I'm going to say Anawan Weathersfield, Forreston, and we'll be talking about Anawan Weathersfield and Sterling. I'm intrigued by that game, the Forreston Anawan Weathersfield game. I think we're going to be talking about Morrison the most next week. We okay. continue to sleep on them. Sure. I think they dominate once again, and I think they're going to be their host. They'll be on their road one place, but they're going to have a big quarterfinal showdown coming up. Hopefully, it's against Anawan Weathershield. I believe it would be, but um, that'll be a lot of fun as well. So uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. It's at the score WQAD. It's a huge Saturday of high school football. Um, join us after the college football game on our station. We will have eight, everything for you that you'll need. And then, of course, we will be podcasting soon early next week to kind of set you up for the quarterfinals. And hopefully, we talked about the semifinals and then we get you set for some championship games this year, this year because it's been too long since we've been to, was it DeKalb this year? Yeah, it's in it's DeKalb. DeKalb. It's DeKalb. It was the last time we went anywhere, we, which was Stark we County. We always excited because we could go to DeKalb and get Portillo's. We don't need to go to DeKalb now to get Portillo's, <laughs> but, but we can still get I Portillo's go anyway. while we're in DeKalb. I go. So let's do, hopefully we get that done. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you are also um, subscribing to the podcast. Subscribe so you know when it comes out each and every week because with the busyness of high school sports right now, there's no rhyme or reason for when we get these done. So make sure you're subscribed to it as well. Make sure you give us our feedback and let us know how we're doing. We appreciate each and every person for listening. Um, And Stockpile, you did all right, so go ahead and give it to them. So long, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.